Well, joining us now, Blake Anderson, head coach at Utah State, kind enough to join us. Coach, how are you? Hey, Coach. I'm good. Good morning, guys. Or afternoon. Well, I'm not sure anymore. Noon. Yeah, it's just, good noon. You know, we're, we're five minutes past 12. <laughs> we can call it afternoon. Hey, uh, so Hans was just talking about Devin Tompkins, and it's been, uh, you know, look, there's, there's a lot of fun parts about doing the play-by-play thing, but being able to have a front-row seat to watching him every week has been certainly one of the uh, highlights. But, you know, Hans was just talking about his ability to elevate and attack at the high point. Um, but that desire and that drive to bring down a ball when you've got double coverage or you've got a safety over the top and it doesn't matter, you're still going to go get it. Is that coachable or is that something you're just kind of born with? Well, I just talking about both. I mean, you can obviously you can develop that skill, but, but some guys have it and some guys don't. He just naturally is able to put the foot in the ground and, and kind of still run full speed or, or maneuvering a route, able to kind of just put a foot in the ground, suspend in midair, and find the high point. And not everybody does that naturally. You can you can develop it some, but but I'd say that's something that's that's God given, and and really something that He just works extremely hard at. What kind of defenses are you seeing teams now throw out there against him? I was actually I went back this morning, watched some New Mexico State, and he found himself in a man on situation, and Logan out of his own end zone drops a fifty yard pass on him. He goes up there and gets it. It was beautiful. Um, but what what kinds of defenses are you seeing? Are you seeing coordinators try to go at him at all? Oh yeah, we've we've seen pretty much any kind of uh, bracket and double coverage you can imagine, and clouded coverage, help uh, you know somebody in space, help over the top. But I think the thing that 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 Tuck and Cephalo are doing a great job of, or, or a couple things. Number one, moving around and making it really tough to know where he's going to be next, but also spreading the ball around to everybody and, and making sure that. That defenses know, yeah, you gotta you gotta defend Devin, and he's gonna make some big big plays, and he just yeah, even when he's double covered, tends to find a way to come down with the ball. But man, we got a bunch of guys that are having big seasons, and, and you know Derek Wright had a huge night the other night, and, and again came through when you had to have him. I, I think that's a key of what we do is keeping everybody involved. I mean, DT had five catches, and two of them were really really big. But um, but it was really hard to figure out exactly where he's going to be. Uh, so I think the combination of the two are helping us. Well, there's no doubt about it, too. And those other receivers, I mean, Derek Wright uh, seems to make a – you know, we talk about DT's ability to adjust mid-flight and be able to bring a ball down. But Derek Wright had as impressive as a touchdown catch as anybody you'll ever see. I heard you talk to DJ and PK about how he was just slow enough to know how to uh, put the brakes <laughs> on enough and come back around and make that catch. But – the one thing that's really been impressive to me is, and I grew up, I, you know, I was a Broncos fan growing up and still am, but John Elway in a hard count, and as soon as he'd see that flag, he was always going deep. Logan Bonner's got that same kind of feel where he sees that yellow flag go up, and he's taking a crack. In fact, the most upset I've seen him in an official all this year, and he's, he's taken late hits and things like that, and he's had cause to be upset with officials, was when they blew a play dead uh, on uh, they said it was unabated to the quarterback, and he wanted to take a shot downfield. Yeah, he was getting them out there, and I was getting them on my sideline. I felt the same way. But uh, when you when you see it on film, the guy would have had a pretty good beat on him, so he he would have had to earn <laughs> that one. Uh, you know, the hard count has always been part of what we do. We we've been really fortunate, and, and it's it's worked to our favor a lot this year. That's a big staple of a team that plays at the tempo that we do. And it's, you know, some years it works better for you than others. The other thing, I think Coach Tuck does a really good job of kind of IDing when people are 
or not substituting really well or, or maybe taking their time or, or just not quite on pace. And we've caught, we've caught teams with, uh, with more bodies on the field than they need to. And really the catch that, that you got for Derek this week was just a, 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 they were not organizing their substitution and end up with 13 guys on the field. So we didn't necessarily hard count them as much as we just took advantage of them not really substituting correctly. The combination of the two things have been have been huge all year and, and delivered some, some touchdowns, but also moved the change for some too. Coach, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Matu Apuaka and uh, Marcus Moore, a couple of your interior defensive linemen. W- was watching them a little bit more closely against the New Mexico State offense, but um, – how have they been doing for you? Sure, I caught them on a couple of different highlights that were fantastic. Great presses in the backfield. It was on that goal line stand. Well, it was the five yard line. I think is where where the uh, where the offense ended up. But anyways, seems like they've been having a really good season for you. Would you talk about a couple of your interior defensive linemen for me? Well, it's funny that you say that because I thought this past week at San Jose was without a doubt our best game in the interior. Uh, both Marcus Moore and Halle made huge plays. Started right out of the gate. Very first drive uh, or two that, that San Jose had. We had them backed up and they made plays in the backfield and, and, and really uh, took them almost to a safety. And then you had you had both Kessie and, and Phil uh, Paella both make huge plays as well. And the, the cool thing and I told the team this yesterday was we're, we've gotten used to seeing a few jersey numbers really show up consistently. But to start seeing some of the guys that are in, the, in, in really kind of in the too deep that have been progressing as the season's gone on and really just getting better and better, to see those guys make huge plays, a guy like Kessie who's got a whole career ahead of him, a guy like Phil who, who's still got two years, that was super cool because Marcus and Halle and Henniger and Byron and Pat, those dudes make plays every week some of the guys right behind them are starting to step in and make big plays too. And that gives us depth. It allows us to stay fresh and it just builds energy in the room. So I thought collectively the front played lights out Saturday night. I mean, 12 yards rushing and 150 yards total. And that, that's, that starts up front as you, as you know. Blake Anderson, head coach at Utah state joining us for his weekly conversation. And uh, coach, you got a Wyoming team that I know the record, especially in conference, isn't where they'd like it to be at one in five. But uh, but this is a team that uh, obviously ran all over Colorado State. They uh, they really battled against Boise and had opportunities late to go down and take the lead. Uh, and and as far as the linebacker goes, I think about as good as anybody in the uh, conference, let alone the uh, the country. So uh, talk a little bit about what you see out of this team and what you expect from this team on Saturday. Well, I know they're they're very very well coached. Craig Bowles, his his career speaks for itself, and and so they're they don't hurt themselves, they don't beat themselves. They rushed for 350 plus yards against Colorado State. I'm not sure what we had, but it wasn't very many, and, and they were tough to run against. That tells you all you need to know. Uh, they uh, they're holding teams to 21 points a game. They're top five in the country in pass defense. And uh, they they play a very physical brand of football. I, I don't I don't care what the record says. They had every opportunity to beat Boise the other night. They don't they don't turn the ball over. They might just walk right down the field and go up on those guys uh, in a tough environment on the blue turf at their place. Uh, this is going to be a dogfight. I've been very honest with our guys. They uh, they will come in here and hit you in the mouth, and we better be ready to deal with it. We've seen that with Colorado State and Boise and BYU and UNLV this year. 
And at times we've stood up and played great ball, but at times we struggled. And, and this is a this this one means a lot, and we're going to play our best ball. Coach, I remember going back to my time in in conference play and looking at some of the leaders in the conference and putting a target on them. Is there a different way of coaching and a different perspective when you're leading your division or when you're one of the leaders in the conference, taking on both Wyoming and New Mexico to finish off the season, knowing that you got a target on your back? You know, we have – don't look at it so much that it's a different really trying to keep things the same our focus is one and oh every day try to be better one degree better than we were the the day before try to play better than we did the week before i've seen us take strides i I clearly believe the team that that beat san jose the other night collectively our best game and, and it's coming at the right time of the year the challenge is to just continue to get better this week respect the opponent know they are absolutely more than capable of coming in here and and uh, and taking this away from us if we don't uh, if we don't do our part, but really try to drown out the noise and focus on the things that we can control, which is how we work and how we prepare this week. Blake Anderson, he's a head coach at Utah State. Aggies with the big one coming up this weekend as they take on Wyoming. Uh, you know, you, you talk about one and zero, and but you are dealing with uh, you know kids that are on social media. They see what's going on. I know you mentioned you addressed it a little bit last week. Is that something you address again, or do you feel like that message is sent across to these guys, knowing that hey, uh, you know, block out what's out there, just focus on Wyoming, and everything else will take care of itself. You know, we just really just said it was a three step process. There's three games left in the season. We can only play them one at a time, and, and we have to we have to go and earn it each week. Uh, and, and so we we took step one. Now it's on to step two. That's all we can handle is is us this week. Uh, I, I really did talk to them last night a good bit about drowning out the noise and having laser focus on the job that is is at hand and, and doing what we have to do. And, and there's nothing going to be easy. It gets even harder. Uh, to me, the more tendencies you have, attrition has taken hold. There's expectations and pressure that you didn't have at the beginning of the season. It gets tougher and tougher to maintain that. And so we we do challenge them. We do address it. We're very honest with them. But I'm also very honest with them about the opponent. These guys are a very physical football team. They're going to challenge us in every way. Their stats show that uh, in terms of how they run the ball, how they play defense. And and so we've got to be – it's got to be important enough to us. We're willing to go out and pay the price to earn it. And, I think that starts today at practice. You know, when we when we hit the field today, we got to have a great day just getting prepared. Coach, is your uh, ideas and philosophies of the transfer portal evolving at all after this season, bringing so many guys from that portal, having this full transfer as you take a new head coaching job and, and watching them adapt and now lead their, their division and lead this conference? Is it starting to evolve or change or – do you still feel the same way that you can win by going into that transfer portal and pulling out talent? Well, that was, you know, that strategy was um, really based off of, of just the timing of, of, of us coming obviously based off of film and some holes that we could see that needed to be filled, but also the fact you, you bring a bunch of guys in that, that don't really know the area. And, and so I thought we took that approach because of the timing and the opportunity, and we did feel like there were a handful of guys that, that could help this program. But ultimately, that's not – we don't want to make a living uh, on, on transfers. We, we want to blend this class. We've got a lot of high school kids committed that we're excited about, a lot of in-state high school kids that are committed that we're excited about signing in December. And then we want to sprinkle in 
veteran transfer type players to fit key holes that maybe the roster's not caught up to yet. A guy that maybe needs another year of experience or maybe needs to learn from a veteran, we are going to use both. And we'll never go all in on one side or the other. I think it'll be uh, you know, probably a 60-40, 70-30 type split between foundation high school type guys that we can develop and then key transfer free agent type approaches to guys that can upgrade our roster uh, day one. And I think we just need to find that balance. But, uh, but, but also be very open-minded about what the roster actually looks like at the end of the season, what's it going to look like next fall, and, and where we can maybe affect it with uh, a, a key transfer uh, you know, in January or in the summer. Are you able to have fun during the season? Are you able to enjoy a, you know, a fun <laughs> ride like this, or is that something that you have to uh, – the season needs to be over before you can reflect and really appreciate uh, the ride this is? Well, I'm I'm having a blast, but but you have to keep it. You obviously have to keep it in a dribble, if that makes sense. I mean, we we watching the guys dance on the sideline the other night, watching guys make plays, seeing the smile, seeing the way this group has just come together. That 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 fills your heart. But but at the same time, I'm responsible to keep us on track, and and so I, I spend a lot of time obsessing over every little detail, and and I always tell myself, well. We've got time to enjoy this when it's over. So uh, don't rest in the middle, rest at the end, and, and make sure we get this group to be their very best and get to the finish line. And, and I'm hoping that means we raise the trophy at the end of the year. Uh, you know, I, I still believe that's possible. I still think this team can continue to get better. But um, but I'm loving what I do. I'm blessed, man. God put me in a position to do something I love with a bunch of great people. And uh, the move here has been just absolute perfect timing which is his timing always is so what you see that smile and that 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 laughter on the sideline that's genuine i just i feel blessed to do what i do uh i do but i do have to keep it within uh a range so that i can keep focus on what we need to do and refocus us on a daily basis and so that's where the challenge kind of lies so coach now sitting eight and two and like you mentioned you came in took over this program uh, you're organizing 10 assistants and probably 20 other personnel 100 kids you get them out on the field get it all going and you get yourself to this eight and two what has been the biggest surprise to you so far through this season Uh, you know whatever it is just an area of big surprise that you didn't expect as you've gotten yourself through 10 games now well i'll be honest i didn't you know i didn't really know what to expect from the league i had a tremendous amount of respect for the coaches and the talented, and I didn't know until you go up against those guys, could we truly hold up? Could we could we stay healthy and play competitive ball? But to look at this team to see how many times we've been down by double digits in, in games and come back and win, I mean, no, nobody scripts that. Nobody truly knows the team's capable of that. So the way this group has just uh, battled and accepted us and and just never panicked, is beyond what I, I would have ever expected. I knew they would work hard, and I knew early in the spring that, that this was a unique group of kids because they'd been through a lot. They didn't, you know, I was not the head coach that they were dreaming for, and but they accepted us anyway. Uh, but when you get in a season and you put guys under pressure like that and they continually just rise up to the occasion, again the other night, down 14 early, no panic, and just went on. Uh, you know, really three quarters worth of playing the best ball they played all year. To me, that has been the biggest surprise. I, I just have not been around a group that is capable of that 
on a weekly basis quite like this group has. So I'm seeing a high of 45. I got to imagine that'll be, you know, low 40s, early 30s at kickoff at 6 o'clock in Logan. You'll take that. <laughs> Absolutely, because I, I was told before I got uh, got on the field for the first time, hey, wait till November, there'll be a foot of snow everywhere. So if we can get if we can get 40s and and uh, and, and clear skies, uh, yeah, I'll absolutely take that one. I wanted to congratulate you on being able to avoid Laramie at this time of year in this season. <laughs> yeah, wait till next year. <laughs> I, I, I played there yeah, twice. Yeah, pay, it's it's difficult. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping yeah. we go up there early in the year next year. If we can get that done, that'd be great. Coach, it never happens. It's always November for us. Like Utah <laughs> State always goes to Laramie in November. Like yeah. set your watch to it. I don't yeah, know if no, yeah, I, it's gonna it's gonna be cool. Uh, and I'm hoping this place is packed and rocking. The seniors. We got 16 seniors that are playing their last game uh, here at home, and when I say that I'd love to think we might can earn another one. But um, you know, this is this is a guaranteed last game that uh, that these people know they'll get to come and and really send them off well. They've done an amazing job. Legacy here is is gonna is gonna be something that people will talk about. Their ability to help us just get this thing moving this year. They, they deserve a tremendous amount of credit. I hope a lot of people come out and say thank you to them on, on Saturday afternoon. Coach, how how receptive has the fan base been? As you walk around in Logan, if you're in a grocery store, how much are you getting recognized? What What's the fan base been like in, in interactions with you? Well, they probably see my face way more than they'd like to uh, between you know social media and TV and billboards and all that. And there's not a lot of redheaded dudes walking around, Spike, you know, that, that look quite like me. So I get noticed a, a, a pretty good bet. The, the, the fan base in the Valley have been absolutely amazing. Um, it, uh, it clearly helps that we're, that we're having success. But I would tell you, even before we started winning games or playing at the level we're playing, they've been amazing to me and my family. We love it. Uh, you can tell there's an energy here where they want to support what we're doing. And it's only going to get better and better as as this thing grows and develops. But um, it is a it is a great environment to to come into and and do what we do every day. And it's even better for your wife and kids because the the people in the community are, are, are unreal. Well, coach, we'll let you go. We appreciate it. Great stuff as always. Uh, let's uh, run it back coming up later on tonight and uh, have a coach's show. Right? Sounds good to me. There you go, Blake Anderson, head coach, Utah State.